Fabret be up to wait. Oh no, the Demon King has possessed our audio equipment, and today's episode has a few choppy moments. However, tis but a temporary setback, for this one's a good un. Thank you for joining us. And from worlds beyond, to right at the gaming table, these are all my fantasy children. Welcome all to All My Fantasy Children. My name is Aaron Catano Saez. And my name is Jeff Stormer. And this is All My Fantasy Children. It's a character creation, world building, and storytelling podcast where each week Jeff and I take a listener prompt from someone just like you and we spin it into the most epic creation ever devised. We take it, we spin it on our fingers, we twirl it around, some music starts playing, we start dribbling it a little bit. Every week we bring out the Washington Generals, and everybody kind of knows that they're going to lose because our fantasy children prompt is so good, but like, they still come out and some people cheer for the Washington Generals, because you know, you gotta play the part. Yeah. And every week we, we take the prompt and we spin it on our fingers and Curly Joe brings out a ladder and we climb the ladder and we, we score the game-winning dunk and confetti drops. I play the Washington General coach every week, so I just, I'm like screaming on the sidelines like, you can't bring a ladder on a court! You can't shoot a basketball out of a bazooka and into the net, that's just cheating! Uh, by the way guys, we are proud to announce that this week we are now partnered with the, uh, Shoot the J Network. Yep, yep, yep. Basketball-themed network, but only, like, fixed basketball, like, Harlem Globetrotters. Yeah, yeah, it's only, it's only predetermined. We, we are specifically, uh, partnering with podcasts about predetermined basketball games. And on that note, like, we have been dropped by the Stickball Network after last week. Yes, there was some, there was some unfortunate, uh, it, it didn't feel like it was the right, the right fit for us. It was not so. the right fit. We weren't making enough goofs for them, and... You know, we were just, like, doing a tabletop character podcast. It just, it didn't work out. So, you know, guys, just listen. Sometimes you got to follow your own compass. Mm-hmm. For sure, for sure. And on that note, we have a prompt this week. Good. Prompt brought to you by the uh, Shoot the J Network. The prompt of this week comes from Twitter user Observer138. The prompt is, on a remote island, a lonely machine plays God. That's pretty good. That's a good prompt. I'm into that. I I, I really think it's quite cool. Um, I have an initial thought on this. All right. Hit me. Okay. Um, because, like, you know, you could think, like, uh, the initial thought is always, like, the cliche of, like, a robot lord starting, uh, you know, like, a machine colony on, like, you know what I mean? Like, starting some mm-hmm. kind of army. Sure, like, sure. Like, robot Saruman. Like, I'm thinking this is the the end of one story and the beginning of another for some reason. Oh, okay. So my sure. initial thought is uh, – my initial thought, of course, comes from uh, Chrono Trigger. So a kind of like an adventuring party happens, you know what I mean? There's a robot that's part of the team. And I'm thinking like everybody's on Dragon in the Sky, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And something happens where like does the robot fall from the clouds and land on a remote island? And it's like just starts again and starts like cultivating life. Like, do you remember when Robo built the desert in Chrono Trigger? Vaguely. Okay. Well, 
In hi everyone, uh, in Chrono Trigger, uh, you can leave Robo, the robot character, in the past, and uh, and he creates a forest like over millennia, turns a desert into a, like a lush forest. So I'm sort of the the image that comes to me with this, like the lonely robot uh, plays God, is that I don't know, like a robot starts what, like building a society. Or is it just That's, like cultivates the land? Uh, I think it. I I kind of think it can be both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the idea that yeah. I don't. I I. There's a few different options for how this robot ends up on this island. Yeah. But I like the idea that it is both like far like cultivating land and also uh, built like think about like I, it's sort of a uh Frankenstein thing of like building more of itself basically almost almost self replicating. Okay, I like that. And like like manufact starting to manufacture other robots and like kind of building a society that way. Okay, then my question for you is um this robot uh if it is playing god and uh replicating like you know it's itself in a way like making more robots what are some of, like, the directives in this robot's programming? You know what I mean? Does it have com- uh, hmm. does it have complete sentience? Or is this, like, a leftover directive? Like, was it injured in getting to this island, and the only directive right now that's active is, like, replicate? Hmm. You know? Or, like, uh, convert or reproduce? Or is it just, like, a lonely robot? I like that it's sentient. But okay. I also, I'm thinking also, I like the idea that it's not, it was not designed to be sentient. Okay. I dig it. I dig it. What was it designed to do? Is it like a, mm, <laughs> like, is it a combat model? You know? I have a thought. Okay. Do you want to hear my thought, Aaron? Yes, I do. Are you, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you again just to confirm because I want it noted that like if we go forward on this it's on you. Okay. Um. Right now, I have. Right now, I got two paths I can go down. Which way do I go? So much pressure on my shoulders. I right now I'm dribbling a basketball. By the way, like beads of sweat dripping down my face. Yep. 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 The shot I'm, clock is ticking. And I'm like, you know, which which way do I go? Do I juke left or do I? Oh, man, I could just start singing Get Your Head in the Game from uh, High School Musical. But, yes, Jeff, I want to know. I'm going to pass you the ball. <laughs> yeah, it has a directive. Okay. It was built with a directive. Okay. Uh, That directive, it was built with a directive. It was built with a single purpose. Yep. It was It was recruited by an adventuring party. They, they, they went on a scavenging mission to Dragon. Okay. Magic happened, chaos happened, danger happened. This robot quickly gained sentience like it was it was thrown off of the flying city of dragon it hurtled to earth and somewhere in that process some wires crossed and it became alive i dig this and it crashed to earth on this island aaron do you know what its one directive was no you're gonna say to wait you're gonna say to open something aren't you like to open the best water park in fantasy just give me a minute i gotta think about something okay Jeff, the shot clock it, is wearing down. Okay, I got, it, I got it. No, I got it. I got it. I got it. Its history was to tell everyone the no. wonderful story oh of, of Big Jeremy and the Battle of Iron. It, 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 it,
Jeffrey Donahue Stormer. Um, wait, okay, so wait, first of all, so you're telling me that in an adventuring party, what, converted a funny bot to combat? <laughs> they basically, yes. they glued, they glued a sword to its, like, hand that was a plunger, like... <laughs> yes. Okay, and it fell, uh, <laughs> fantasy, hit the ground, remote island, and yes. in that moment became sentient... In that moment, it wakes up and it goes, I'm alive. Oh my, oh, oh, I'm alive. Wow, this is what alive is. Okay. So now what? Okay, first of all, I do have to say that as we go forward, it's, uh, it's directive. I do like when a robot's directive has something to do with its personality. So this is a, this is what, an Iron Hill history bot? Yes, this is a robot. This is the, this is the narrator. This is one of the old narrator bots. From the big fun bot uh, yes. pageant of Iron Hill history history module. Okay, so if this is a historian, they know what the exact history of how it's built. So it's basically at least the the pop, the, the the version that Spot Shellman programmed into this robot with his mostly accurate knowledge of history. Okay, and now they start wanting to make friends. Or is this some sort of, uh, because all the robot knows is Iron Hill, it starts trying to make Iron Hill the best it can. You know what I mean? Like the robot version of Iron Hill, which is probably sad and pathetic. Like some sort of like junk town version. I really like that it starts building the, it starts building Iron Hill. Because that's all it knows. It starts building the recreation of Iron, of its, its version of Iron Hill. But it's like a sadder version, or is it like a way better version? I think it's both at the same. I, I don't think it's better yet, but I think it's. I think it's. It's no work in progress. I love that scrap heap aesthetic. Yeah, but I like the. But it's not. I don't think it's inherently worse. Like it's not worse. It is perfect for speaker. Oh, it okay. is perfect for speaker. Is that the name of the robot? Yeah, speaker. That's a cat. It's very good. My question then is, uh, what is, uh, this island? What is it like? What is the, what's the ecosystem on this one? Hmm. Is it a desert? Yes. Okay. So we have some kind of desert. Uh, it's, 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 uh, like rocky. I think it's almost gravelly, like rock. Like Badlands type of? Yeah, like, like rock like, quarries and shit. Cool. So we'll say like Arizona, Wyoming type thing. Yeah. You know, like out there in the, with the big craggy hills and dry, arid, sweet, badass sunsets and stuff. Mm-hmm. So out there in the island, on the island of... Does it have a name? It does now. It does now. Because it was founded by Speaker. I don't want to call it Skyfall because that's what the James Bond movie is. But it's such an appropriate name. Ironworks. Oh! Done. So on the island of Ironworks, a robot, a lonely robot named Peace, uh, Speaker, (laughs) Peace, um, I'm gonna roll for pronouns real quick. Yeah. She is building an island because all she knows is the history of Iron Hill, yes? Or according to Spot L. Shellman. So is... If that's it, like the you're just trying to build a home for yourself because I, I think this is initially like the movie Castaway with Tom Hanks, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's just a, it's a little robot trying to build a life for herself. You know, trying to stay. Can she stay alive? Like, you know what I mean? Will she, can she doesn't like need shelter and stuff, right? No, no. She's a she's a she's a robot that is she's she was and she was designed to do what the 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 fun bots. Here's a fun uh, fun bot primer. Is these are uh, <laughs> primer robots built by a ladybug beast man who loved history and wanted to teach people history. So he programmed these robots to travel the world and just present reenactments of historical events. They're not particularly well made. There, It's a lot of, like, pieces glued together and, you know, uh, creaky joints and things. But and they but they are specifically like programmed with all of this historical information in order to present the most elaborate reenactments. So what speaker has, she has this incredible presentation of the battle of the history and specifically the battle of Iron Hill. Okay, so n- now what? You know, does the directive just kind of activate? Is it, you know what I mean? Is it because there's just a robot chilling on an island, right? Well, I, I have a bit of a story for like about about the directive. I would love to hear it. Like I said, she has been she gets uh, scooped up by maybe uh, she gets either left behind, like she gets either replaced or there's an accident and she gets separated from the rest of the theater troupe, and she gets found by a group of adventurers. And she and she has this history book, right? So and it involves the Battle of Iron Hill. It involves the city of Dragon. So of course, this adventuring thing, they she becomes their guide. Ooh. They start maybe they maybe they maybe like they you know work you know they they start fiddling with things and and using her to like be ba- almost a living map of like this of like this turn leads you to the Grand Armory of the city of Dragon. But like in doing that, they awaken her. Right? She I love gains. It. She gains self awareness and becomes, and now becomes a member of a respected and equal member of this adventuring group. I love it. Then she gets. Then then chaos happens. The group is the group is defeated, or you know, a battle happens, and she is cast off the edge of the city. And an accident occurs, and she is thrown off the edge. Oh God, Jeff! I know what happens. May I? Yes. So, um, I'm thinking, like you said, chaos happens, you know, the adventuring party is wiped, right? Mm-hmm. They are beat up by the boss of the campaign, essentially. Right. They're all, you know, they're cornered, they're on, unfortunately, the edge of the city. Everyone's wiped out, everyone's, you know, face down in the mud, and Speaker is like, oh no! And one of the adventurers is, uh, one of the adventurers knows that this could, this could go very bad if the robot is left behind. Knows, like, the value of this robot. I think in an act of, like, Pete, like, an act of, like, a saving act, shoves Speaker off the edge mm. of Dragon. Because I think there's something about what Speaker knows that is important. There's something, there's All information right, with Speaker. That. So she shoved off the edge, ah, falls down. Hits her head, you know, is and in is in this island, and and so she wakes up. She's on this island. She is, you know, alone. She is functionally immortal. They're designed to do this forever, but she is freed from. She has this knowledge of what Iron Hill was 
in the glory days, right? Yeah. And that's all she has. She has the memory of the people that helped her and, like, took care of her and saved her because they knew, they knew they couldn't, they knew that they couldn't survive. They couldn't survive and that their only way out was to jump off the edge of the city. And they knew that none of the party would be able to survive a fall like that. But speaker, she could land, like, she could land and she's a machine. Like, she would repair herself and be okay. So, whatever, so, so she, so she, she lives on now with the memory of this place that, to her knowledge, might not be there anymore. Even though, obviously, Iron Hill is. To her knowledge, the story ends with Iron Hill falling, right? The story yeah. ends with this war falling on both sides. She ends with this knowledge of this city that is, Maybe gone, but maybe there, but either way, miles away. And the memory of people that took care of her and helped her when she was lost and alone and frightened. And she, a new direct, not even a directive, but for the first time in her life, a purpose. Something that is uniquely her own. She says, I have to build. I have to make a thing. I have to make a society. I have to make a world. I have to build. And that, it is her purpose. I love it. Um because like you said, it's she fell from this city for all she knows, you know, it could be the end. She you know, she needs to rebuild and is this like hold on, let me gather my thoughts. Um does she think like this is it? You know what I mean? Like where this is what's left and now she has to kind of like rebuild fantasy on this island. You know what I mean? Is that the kind of idea or does she know everything else is still there? Like, you know what I mean? I don't know. Ah, never mind. Cancel that. I'm just going to delete it. Um, I just don't even know where to go with this. I'm, I'm at a loss. Okay. So she starts building what? Everything, right? A city or is this, or she is starts this- building. Yeah. I think it's a city, right? Yeah. So she starts what chopping wood or forging metal? Forging metal. That's okay. she's take, she's taking rocks and like heating them up, which is I assume how you make metal. I don't really know. I am not a scientist. And like she starts build. Yeah, she starts making almost. Aaron, are you familiar with the Disney film called Wall-E? I am. Okay, that's so, what I'm picturing. Okay, so she's sort of just like making it work based on what she has. So it's a scrap heap city named ironworks right okay now the thing is it says in the prompt that she's playing god so am i to believe that she starts creating other robots yes okay so hmm. because what is a city without the people in it it's true it's true uh my question is does she try to create robot beast folk or people that look like her I think she starts building people that look like her because that is all she can muster or not nece- not even necessarily that is simply she builds the people that she can build yeah and so they they know you know they are like her in that they are robots and they are like her in that they are assembled from whatever pieces are available I think she's her purpose is she simply says I need a society like this needs to be a society and a society needs people so i'm going to make people and so she starts like building robots and 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 there's sort of a beautiful symmetry between her building these sort of patchwork robots and spot shellman building the original fun bots of like they don't necessarily look 
you know, refined. They're not sleek battle. They're not like sleek. They're not the machines that they're not the the dwarven uh, iron forged. Yeah, but they are. They are alive. I think. Okay, so something else. I think that she's chopping away on like a project. She's creating. As there's wildlife now. I think she's mm-hmm. creating animals as well as people. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, wild for animals. Sure. So there are like robot frogs and gators and blah 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 blah. So she's sort of like creating a miniature version of like the entire world kept within this island. Like an entire an entire ecosystem is being developed out of scrap. Mm. No, I think that's great. Yeah, she's building. She's just straight up building. There's just there's just this island where everything is a robot. Because okay. Just, I'm trying to think of details. So a detail is, what is the power source of a fun bot? Hmm. Because I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm trying to break it down now. So if she's making life, you know, she's playing God and making what I'm assuming are sentient creatures, right? Right. What is the power source? Because it might not be the same as speakers. Is it something on this island? Are they solar powered? Are, Ooh, I like solar power. Yeah, she's on an arid, dry land, and she, I don't know, she takes <laughs> bits of, uh, she's, she's, she's a creative, she's a creative robot. She makes sand and rock, turns it into solar panels. Well, there's a little bit, there's magic too, right? Like, we, like, this is a world of magic, so, like, she is magically creating a thing that essentially powers itself through the energy of the sun. Because I think magic plays a little bit of the part in how the original Funbots operate. They they were these things that just ran forever. They were essentially, uh, what's the word for it? What's the word for the machine that perpetual? They were essentially perpetual motion machines. Okay. You know, it's she. They're powered by the sun, but it's that there's magic that gets them to that point. Okay. So what you are saying essentially is that she has some sort of transmutation magic, Jeff. Let's just say that. Yeah, for That's sure. That's fun. So she can turn these material components like sand, rock, dirt, mud, uh, plant matter, and turn it into like steel and, uh, oh, you know, and then craft some sort of, you know, engine out of it, a life engine. Okay. Hmm. I just don't even know where to go. That's my, I'm, I'm sucking this episode. I'm just like, uh, yeah. Uh, okay. So speaker is creating life. So flash forward, the island is populated with animals and are there mechanical plants as well? Is everything on this island, does she convert this entire island to some kind of robot? Or is it still natural in some way? Like, did she convert this entire place to steel and living living metal, you know, lack of a better term. I, I, I think that there is not robot plants per okay. se, but cause I think, cause I, I, cause I really like, there's an aesthetic that, that is there if we picture like a desert robot city. Yeah. It feels almost Mad Maxy. And I think there's a sort of a Mad Max aesthetic to the entire city, right? Like if you picture the, the move of Road Warrior. Yeah. With that, that big city with the bus that slides out. Like I'm kind of picturing almost that where everything is like four different things that have been like pressed together, but a lot of it is also like rock. Okay. Just like big slabs of concrete. So now what? 
You know what I mean? Now that there's an island of ironworks and there's a city of robots, what, do they, like, they go to school? Do they live what we think of as, like, a normal life? Do they work? Or is it sort of just, like, some kind, like, is it society? Like, where people talk and they govern and they work and they, you know, do they need to eat? Or is it just a bunch of robots hanging on an island? Or is this some sort of, like, nature preserve type thing? You know what I mean? Yeah, is it like a remote island or is it a society? Because that's a those are two very different things. Because what would she want to make besides like does she want to act does she actually make Iron Hill? Or where we are in the present, does it turn into Iron Hill in the future? The, the her version of it. I kind of like that she is building because here's where she differs from Spot Shellman, I think. And I think the answer to that question is is she's building a society. She is not building... If she is building things like herself... If she is building people like herself... Mm-hmm. She is not building funbots. No. She is not building these these machines to that are designed to impart... A, impart like le- She is not building things with directives. She is building people... And so I think that she is building these people and then, and sort of just saying, okay, now I think she has the same question that you have. In fact, I kind of love that. If she starts doing this and then says, oh God, now what? Like what happens now? Like yeah. she's, she's building this because she doesn't, because no one wants to be alone. Exactly. So she's building this, she's building life, but now she has to deal with, now she has to answer the question of like, okay, but. Like, what do we do now? There's, like, a life. Yeah, because I'm sort of, like, I'm trying to put myself in her shoes here and think of the first time I made another person. You know, I'm I'm transmuting things and I'm, I you know, I finish the engine and I hit the on switch. What happens when that person, that other robot, says hello, good morning? You know, uh, what kind of relationship do I establish with this person? What role do I play? Am I your caretaker or are we, are we the same? That's why I've just been so quiet as I keep trying to figure out what the reality of this situation is. And I'm thinking like, is she an unseen hand on this island? Does she watch from afar and just keep adding new play pieces to this set? You know, not play pieces in like a disrespectful way, but because if you are, you are literally playing God, do you want the people and things on like animals on this island to know that you're real? Or do you want them to just exist without knowing that you are responsible for their existence? So I think what I like, and I'm taking this in, again, I'm taking a lot of this just from your reactions to things, because I think it's right. I think it's the right it feels right to me. Mm-hmm. She is alone. She wakes up. She is alone. Really, she's alone for the first time in her life, right? She 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 awoke. She she became awakened around people. She had a family. Yeah. They took care of her. They 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 took care of her. They adventured with her. They saw some amazing things together. Then they went on this one adventure and things went terribly wrong and they saved her. The last thing that this group of people, that her family did, was save her from death or maybe a fate worse than death. Yeah. And now she is awakened on this place. She's woken up. She's here 
on this island that might be the entire world. It might just be an island. Who knows? Who cares? The important thing is I'm alone. So she starts working and she starts building. And there's questions of like, I think that she has questions of like, how do I know how circuitry works? How do I know how to turn rocks and sand into glass and wiring? But she's doing it, and maybe it's magic, maybe it's not, but she does it. And she builds a, she builds another person. Sort of like her, in that they're patchwork, and that, like, they look like her, for better or for worse. But she hits the switch, and it wakes up, and it says, Oh, hello, how are you? It's so nice to meet you. And she goes silent. Now you're alone too. Hmm. And so she goes silent and she, she, she flees. She, she vanishes. Yeah. And just starts building more and starts building more. And so, yeah, I think you're exactly right. I think she becomes an unseen hand in the city of Iron Works. She honestly has to. Because it's, it's so, it's enormous. It's so big. That's, it's, I've been struggling with this concept since we started of someone who knows of the world, right? Like, who knows about everything that's outside of this island and what relationships with people can be and the city of Dragon and the city of Iron Hill and just how enormous the world is and knows about how people are and how life is creating it and to look, have it look you in the face as its creator. I think that might be too, that's not what she wants. I don't think that's what Speaker wants. You know, what does Speaker want is my question. You know, to, to not be lonely is, I don't think that's enough. This road of just creation, it can't, and this in this act of creation, where it's like being God, it's never going to work out the way you want. Does she want to leave? Is, is this something where she can't stay? Can I challenge something real quick? Please. Because I want to poke at something. Okay. I, I think that... I think not wanting to be lonely might be enough. Okay. Because I think, I mean, that's, I think that's, that's real human, right? Yes. That's yeah, real, no. that's. I meant more of like in a, like in we're, we're telling a story like in terms of like a life goal type. Oh, for sure. And like I think staying that's... active in like a storytelling way. Like, cause she could just be, the story could just be like, she makes some friends and we shut the book. Well, but that's what I mean is that like, cause I think you're exactly right. But I also think that, to me, it feels like that's, that is her exact goal, is like, I don't want to be alone. So she makes something and has, and learns the terrifying hard way that, like, stepping into this role of creator and God, because I don't even think that she necessarily, I think she has this moment where she's like, she could feel like these are her children. But I don't think she does. No. I think the, the horror of it is that she looks at this and she's like, no, I didn't, I, we are not related. I made you. Yes. I built you. I constructed you. And now you are here and, and like has this moment of like, I don't know how I, I don't know how I relate to you. Yes. I just wanted to not be alone, but now there's suddenly you're here and you're alone. And so she has this moment where she panics and I think just, becomes this unseen hand of like i have to keep building because i have done something and i have to keep there has to be more this can't be it and she keeps building and building and so the city of ironworks just keeps growing and expanding and people 
There keeps people keep just showing up, and no one, no one but a scant few know where these people keep coming from. But they keep showing up. Yeah, and honestly, like I was super quiet at the beginning, trying to wrap my head around this, because I just kept thinking like, there's nothing on my fantasy children cute like about this one, because to me it's like horrifying. I see it as like a city of mannequins. That this robot has, like, set up and is like, you're my friends. Because it's not, like, making a friend every – every because, okay, are we saying that Speaker is completely sentient, some kind of awakening happened? Is yes. that the case for the things on the island as well? Because I'm leaning toward no, where that spark of spontaneity, that spark of – magical something sentience like you know we've been using the term like awake is something that i don't think she can get it right and so it's something like i just it's it becomes too much when it's i didn't make a friend i put all this in you i i wrote that you know what i mean that's i keep thinking of a city of mannequins honestly of like someone alone on a desert island in a department store where it's like, that's Stacy, that's Karen, that's old Johnny boy. And it's like, after three months of hanging out is like, I, I made that mannequin. That's, uh, this isn't, this isn't, is, is there a seeping sense of this isn't real? Or am I going too dark with this? Cause I don't think, I don't personally think I am because I just keep thinking of, can she see that as a frog? She knows what a frog is. She doesn't want to be a god. She doesn't want to remake a frog. She just doesn't want to be lonely. But it's not the same as the companions that she had in her adventuring party. And I know this is dark, and I know this is depressing, but it's all I keep thinking well, about. <laughs> I think that the, I think it. I think it is that, and it isn't at the same time. Because I think that there's something fascinating about, like, I like the idea. I'm trying to find exactly how I feel. I like the idea that she does get the awakening correct. Okay. But that she still doesn't, it's that, I think, I almost think it, she still feels that way, even if she does get the awakening correct. Yeah, yeah. And, and part of it is that she feels like, I have, I made life. She created, she created this person that is alive now. And they are fully aware. But now they are exactly as alone as she is. That's hor- That to mm. me is horrifying. That to me is like the idea of like, cool. Now you have. Now you are caught in the exact same problems that I am caught with. I love this. So that is why I think that she keeps building and she keeps creating because she's like, oh god, what have I done? I have to make this right. Yeah. You're as alone as I am. The only way I can make this right is if you and no one else on this island feels like they are alone. So she secludes herself and just starts building. But at the end, I think there's this sort of under the, yeah, she just starts building, right? She yeah. starts building. And then these other, these other people, these other, these other robots also start building because they don't want to be alone. Oh God! I and love where this, this is whole, going. And there's this whole society that builds up of them just building things and being like, "We have to make things. We have to make this our. We have to make our society here so that we're not alone. Yeah, because this is all we have. Yes. So the society builds because 
and and she is the unseen hand, unknown except by a scant few who saw her, who opened her eyes and saw her and said good morning. And she said, good morning, here is your home, I'm so sorry that I can't join you. And she kind of sent them on their way so she could build the next robot. Or the next frog, or the next building. It's the most human thing I think we've ever done on this show of the idea of you don't want the, you don't want someone else to feel the horrors that you've felt in your life. And so you try to do something for the betterment of a future generation. And everyone is just trying to kind of, hold on, they're coming for me again. My takes, they're so bad. So, shit, what was I saying? Oh, so in your life, you just keep trying to make and make and try to, you know, you have this feeling of emptiness and you you just keep building in order to, like, almost hide it or get rid of it. So I think that it's sort of this, like, island of industry and creation. And, mm-hmm. my God, it's going, it's almost going too fast. It's It's very similar to our world where people are so empty and sad unfortunately you know i'd love to write a story this time where it's like it's all happy and everyone gives high fives but everyone is feeling this very human feeling of alone and so they're trying to make connections but they still have to build they still have to create everyone is working and working and working because no one wants to feel that way that they are feeling and so it's this island of invention and creation and production and I think it and it all stems from the same feeling of I just don't want to be alone. But if I but if I make this frog, if I make this popular soft drink, someone can share it with me and I won't be alone. If I make this comedy special and these robots laugh with me, I won't have to feel alone. And so it's this very humanizing, very real place where people are bustling and people are constantly working in hopes that the things that haunt their normal life can be solved if they just keep pressing forward. I just went so dark, and I'm sorry. I, I know. No, that's- it's fine. <laughs> I think that there is a happy ending. Like, not necessarily a happy ending, but there's a there's a light at the end. There's a light in that tunnel, though, which is you have this this society of of robotic people on this island, and they're all united by this feeling of like I have to keep working. And I think there is, okay, and I'm also drawing from our world, there is this thing that arises from that, which is they share in a sense of commiseration and empathy forms, and they suddenly becomes like, yeah, you know, there's the grind. Like, we gotta, we do that. Like, this is what we do. Yeah. And it forms, and there's a respect for the work that forms, oh, right? Absolutely. Like, it becomes this sense, and so I think there is sort of the, the joy, the, the joy of this, of ironworks. And I think it eventually just becomes works, right? The joy of works mm-hmm. is people, it is a place where you are, where everyone, because also these are people that will live forever. Yeah. These are people that, that are not going to get sick. They are not going to get tired. They, and, you know, they don't, they don't presumably need sleep or anything. So they are just always awake and always alive and always working. And the joy that comes from that is people appreciating that work is they, the, is the people on this island supporting one another and, and appreciating that work is where that sense of joy comes from. And the tragedy 
is that on the outskirts of this city where I might even dare to say that people, even if people feel like they're alone, they're not because there's this community of people supporting each other and appreciating each other's work. On the outskirts, there's this person toiling and building who might never feel that. Yeah. And so my question is, does she ever get that? Does she ever look at her work and does she ever get to look at her work to look at works and smile? I honestly, I don't know. My thought is it's, it is, and it's on the day she leaves the island to Mm. be completely honest. It's when she can finally say like, because you, you just said that there is, you know, it's an island of everybody's just grind, you know, the work, the work, the work, and everyone is, everyone has insecurities and everybody has, you know, feelings of emptiness. But every, if everyone has that, they support each other. They stand on each other's shoulders. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a city of, it's a city, it bec- the city becomes called works because it is a city where everyone it works. And it is a city where everyone knows the grind and knows the feel knows those days where you wake up feeling empty yep. or where or where you go to where you start working feeling empty and everyone knows those feelings and everybody supports those feelings and everybody also supports the work that you're making and yes. like the the value you have as a worker and an artist because the important thing Jeff is you said no one want the speaker doesn't want to be alone. These people don't want to feel empty, so they don't. If everyone is actively going after that, you know, that is that is the ultimate goal of no, not wanting to be alone. Mm-hmm. No, everyone is going to make sure <clears throat> that that is the number one directive in their lives. So it's not a place of, like, misery and grind. It's kind of like a very jovial place, especially because it's a, it's an island founded by a fucking funny bot. Mm-hmm. I think it is the most nonstop, you know, office kind of humor, dorky, like it's an island of dorks because it's, it's oh, you know, it's founded by a funny bot. I think everyone there has a sense of such a strong sense of community that it is like humor. It is of the utmost importance on this island. Yeah, because I think it's, I think it's even more than humor. I think it's empathy, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a city where, hey, we're all, no one really, we, none of us really, like, none of us really know if the work that we're doing is good, but we're all doing it. Yeah, it's it's what we got. Do it, yeah, it's what we got. It is, do you know what I'm, do you know what I immediately think of, especially when you said that? What? The city of works is what would happen if you took all of the dinosaurs from it. the Flintstones. I knew it, I knew I knew you were going to say that it's a living type shit. But it's so it's, true. If you, took a, if you took all of those dinosaurs and you just, like, put them in a city and said, okay, it's a bunch of dinosaurs all looking at each other. This is a city of robots all looking at each other, shrugging and smiling and saying, hey, it's a living. And then making what are probably very cool and interesting and alien and fascinating things. But, like, they're made by patchwork robots. And so it's... You know what I mean? It's there's a charm to it. That's what I mean. They're 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 things that are and they're things that these patchwork robots can uniquely appreciate on a way that like other people's can't. Yes. And I think there's just a beauty to that. And there's a beauty to the process of looking at one another and just being like, "Hey, this is it's work, right?" Yeah, you use what you got. It's like us making this show and skyping audacity. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's, I'm sure there are way better ways to do it. But this is what we got, you know. And they make the best of what they have. 
it's from invention. It's an it's a it's a city founded on using the resources you have to solve the problems that face you. So mm-hmm. I think that kind of culture and just being founded by a funny bot who's made out of like plungers and fucking bike wheels is it's it's a it's 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 almost sarcastic in the way not sarcastic yes. but yeah no i think that's a good word yeah, for it. in the way of like hey man i'm made out of a bike pump and a toilet you know i i kind of have to acknowledge that and how ridiculous it is but we have what we have and we love what we have and we love each other and so we're going to make the best of it and by god i'm going to make a fucking i'm going to make a ray gun out of a wheel of cheese and an old Xbox controller. Like, you know, you know, it's a living. <laughs> you know, it's it's making the best of what you have to solve the problem that you have. Even though that problem is dark and deep, you know, we're going to make the best of it together because we're a community that feels in a, the, simil- the same way. And by God, if I'm not going to help my buddy Tommy, who's made out of a wheel of cheese and a couch... I'm going to help him make the best goddamn house he's ever lived in. And I think it's a it's a community of people saying like, you know, it's a community of people being like, man, I need I like I desperately needed I needed a ray gun and you built one and I love this. And even if even if you at the time were like, hey, this is just work that I needed to get done. It's it's a community of people saying like, I really needed this tool. And you built it, and I appreciate it. And you're smiling and shrugging and being like, hey, I appreciate that. Like, this is the work that I do. It's what we do. And the other person being like, yeah, no, I get it. This is, you know, I, I make couches. Like, I get it. It's, and it's a, it's a community of people appreciating work and also feeling that feeling of like, yeah, you know, and I like that. And I think there is a beauty to that. And I like the idea that speaker leaves. Oh, wait, no, I don't think so. Okay. I was just, I was waiting for you to finish because you said, is there a moment when Speaker smiles? And I think there is. Because look, going back to Speaker, Speaker was, you know, speaking about Iron Hill and telling about, have you heard the battle of Iron Hill? Gather round children. Um, she is doing her thing. She is, I think they're on, we said they're on tracks, right? And they just pivot. Yeah. So I know, I, yeah, I think I think that it, yeah, something yeah, like that. We said Tracks like or they wheels just, they or something. Pivot, and then all they do is pivot. So speaker is you know this this Iron Hill this whole Spot L Shellman Funny Bot history gang, it's weathered and worn, especially this wagon. I think at one point back in the day she was separated from her group, so she's just roller skating down a road or you know runs into trouble right is in a deep shadowy forest and is like allow me to tell you big jeremy drew his mace and uh a group of adventurers i think are walking and all of a sudden they hear someone in trouble they hear someone calling out and they come across a giant spider and it's got what appears to be some someone caught in a web and they're calling out. So they fight off the giant spider. They cut this person loose. And up looking at them is two ping pong balls with eye cameras in them that are like, and then he drew his katana. And so they take this robot in, you know, this lonely robot. They patch her up. And they they might, like, you know, super up for some kind of, like, you know, and all of a sudden she's talking about Dragon and Iron Hill. And they're like, oh, my God, we have to get there. Joins the adventuring party. You know, the, we know the story. So what I think is what, what – when she can finally smile 
she's sitting on the outskirts of town in her is she in a house does she live in a house a tower or just atop like a mountain I kind of like uh, a, a a cave workshop. Okay. So she's in her cave workshop, right? And she's in the outskirts of town and, you know, she, from her – there's a camera outside of it, you know, like at a bodega or something. And she's looking mm-hmm. at her feed and she sees a lonely – she sees a, a young robot wheeling her way down a road. <laughs> separated, separated, just passing by. And is snagged up by a robot spider. And a group of robot adventurers come by and hear this robot crying out. And pretty much sees the story of her tale and how her creations, like the, what she has done, has created the same empathy and the same love that these adventurers had for her when she was alone and she was, you know, trapped and in danger and uh, she's seeing her life play out and the love that she was given. And she knows that that's how far this island has come. It's not just someone saying, good morning, directive, please. You know what I mean? Like initially, mm-hmm. it's become so much more like the real world that she knows that she doesn't have a need to go back out there. Everything she needs is right here. And I think that's when she can finally smile and look at her world and know that, like, yeah, I, I did okay. Everything did turn out okay. I don't think I have to be afraid, you know, of what this island might become. I mm-hmm. think everything is going to be all right here. Does she leave, though? Does she still leave? Or does she stay? Is that when she knows that it's okay to leave? I think that she stays. Okay, I, I think I, like that. I think in that scenario, I think she stays. I don't think she goes into the city, though. I think she no. kind of stays on the outskirts. But I think that might be when she stops making. Yeah. That might be when she stops making and starts, like, watching and, like, admiring the work that she's done. Is when she looks out and says, like, okay. She looks back and sees how far she's come and sits back and says, I can finally... I'm not alone. Yeah. Directive, directive completed. Yeah. It's when she can honestly, like the prompt says, like, play God in the way of just looking up, like, looking, looking at her creation... And she doesn't like she doesn't push the needle one way or another when when a robot falls down and is alone in the mud, you know she doesn't go down and pick it up. She watches this world from her workshop and she you know admires it mm-hmm this is this was turned out very interesting, and I love that it went some places. I think that's a wrap. Oh, absolutely is a wrap. My God, thank you, Observer, for your prompts. That was a good prompt. Wowee. Um, If you would like to submit a prompt of your own, there are a lot of ways you can do it, and we desperately need your prompts. You can tweet at us at AMFC underscore podcast. Uh, Use the hashtag fantasy children. You can also post on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash allmyfantasychildren. You can also email them to us at allmyfantasychildren at gmail.com. You can post them to our Discord, the link to which is pinned to our Twitter. You can also use the content submission form on our website at allmyfantasychildren.com. Yeah, do it up. If you have the monetary means and would like to support our show uh, financially, you can do so at allmyfantasychildren at at patreon.com slash allmyfantasychildren. Um, And if you don't have the coin or just kind of don't want to, you can give us a nice iTunes review. That means the freaking world. You can tell a friend, my God, that is the biggest uh, social media shout outs, just 
you know, telling people how much you like the show or if you enjoyed just this episode, tell someone about it and they may be obsessed with the whole backlog. You know, that helping the show grow is something you can be a part of something amazing by just telling someone about how much you enjoyed this show. And I'm going to do that right now because I really enjoyed the podcast Party of One podcast. It's really good and you should be listening to it right now if you enjoy tabletop role-playing games, especially of the two-player uh, kind. It's, it's all right. It's, it's fine. fine. It's fine. I mean, what I like it. <laughs> Party of One is an actual play podcast that I host. It is focused entirely on two-player role-playing games. Every week I sit down with a guest one-on-one and we play through a short, self-contained role-playing game session. Uh, you can find that at partyofonepodcast.com. Uh, we have a new Patreon backer. Brian, thank you so much for becoming a backer of our Patreon. Uh, welcome. And I hope... What do you hope... What good thing do you hope happens to them when they listen to this, Jeff? I hope that you... The next meal that you eat just happens to be exceptionally delicious. Oh, Like, you taste the first bite, and you're just like, this, and it just, like... I hope that... I don't hope that you have a crummy day, because that would be a terrible thing to hope for someone. It's true. But, like... I hope that if you have a crummy day, that you have a meal that, like, literally the first bite, you're like, this, this day, like, it, like, lifts the entire day up a notch. It might not still be a good day, but, like, I hope that your day, you're at least, like, I at least had, like, a really delicious lunch. A super memorable meal. That is my jam. Oh, God, it's the best feeling. Um, I have a verbal hug this week. Um... It's sort of about, like, what we just said about support. So if someone recently has been live-tweeting our entire backlog, and Katie Kolob, hi. Uh, It's sort of about, lately, people have been talking about, if you enjoy something that someone makes, you know, that isn't, like, a fucking, that isn't, like, already made by Marvel, tell other people how much you like it. Tell the creator how much you like it. It means so much to give feedback and really shout into the void and really just be open and honest and, you know, passionate about what you love. If you love something, love it unconditionally. And in this day and age, honestly, tell other people how much you love it so that one, other people can learn to love it as much as you do. And two, that the creator knows that people are enjoying what they're making because, More often than not, it just sounds like you're – it just feels sometimes like you make something, you set it out into the void. It's like a message in a bottle. You're like, I hope someone reads it. So knowing that someone opened your message in a bottle, read it, and was moved by it, was made laugh by it, or just happy and it it, it affected their life in a positive way, knowing that that bottle was received is – it's why the work gets done. And I cannot emphasize enough the effect that that has and the value that it has – for people who make things and are just trying to, like, you know, really put something good out there in the world. I I, I feel like I may have talked about this on the show before. Probably. But if I haven't, um, I have a folder on my desktop. It is full of screenshots of all of the times that people have unconditionally just said a nice thing about the work that I do. Or, you know, have just, like, really reached out to, like, offer appreciation for stuff and i can't tell you the number of times that like i have been having a difficult day or just like i've been you know in a low place mentally that i've looked at that just gone through that folder one by one and read through the nice things and like 
the impact that that has on my state of mind and my mood. Yes. So if you ever think to yourself, oh, well, I don't want to, like, bother that person by just telling them I like the thing, I would say don't feel, like, don't feel, like, I can assure you it has an impact. And the other half of that story is, I made a comment about that on Facebook or Twitter, and no less than maybe three or four other creators that I am friends with responded to me with, oh yeah, I have the same thing. It's so good. It's such a, it's such a wonderful thing to have. And so, like, I assure you that if you ever thought to yourself, oh, well, I should probably tell them I really like this, but I don't want to, like, bother them. Ugh. It's not a bother, and it really does. You taking the time to say a nice thing is a tiny treasure that we will carry on when we really need when we need it we will we will look to it and appreciate it so it too is too true oh my goodness a beautiful treasured thing yeah my god that was really good thank you jeff <laughs> um what else is there anything else uh i think that's it yeah i think that's it thanks everybody for uh listening in means the world and until next time good, good night, night and, and good, good game, game. We got it. We got it. The spider's Okay, good. Get her down. Get her down. She looks pretty beat up. It's okay. It's okay. I can fix this. What is that? Shh, be quiet. I need to work. Just be still. Hang in there. I got you. Where did it come from? It doesn't matter. She's coming with us. Hang on. Almost there. She's waking up. Quiet. She's going to say something. Good morning. It's very nice to meet you. All systems green, and I am very happy to assist you today. Are you on the way to Dragon? 